Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast, where we dive deep into God's Word and discover together how to practically live as disciples of Jesus through the application of gospel truth. This is Dave Dawson. I'm here with the three pastors from Bethel Church. Welcome, guys. Good to see you guys today. Good to see you, Dave. Well, you guys have been doing a three-week series on just two verses, the famous verse in Hebrews 12 about running our race. Hey, here's a question for you to start off with on race. All right, guys, what is, what is your favorite race or sport to watch? Got I'm going to go football. Used to be basketball, but for some reason, I don't know, the last few years it's changed to football. All right. Especially when the Seahawks are winning. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was going to ask, are you talking NFL, college? What? Oh, sorry. Both, actually. I'm a yeah. diehard Ducks fan, yeah. so I watch Duck games and Seahawks. Yeah. Tag professional too. Go Utah Utes, man. Hey, thanks, man. Too soon. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> hey, those Utah Utes are going to be playing <laughs> my Ohio State, the Ohio State Buckeyes, in the bowl here in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah. In the Rose Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I, I was so just to, I, I will tag on to what Adam's saying. Yeah, my favorite sport to watch. I don't know that it's the season. It probably is. Um, but yeah, football, college, and professional football. There's just something about. Doesn't matter who's on, and there's been some pretty crummy games that have been primetime games this year. I'll still watch it. Mm-hmm. Is that because you I'm get Northwest you. TV for you've been watching Seahawks games? Is that what you're referring to? <laughs> no, subtly or no? My team, uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, I think most people know uh, is the Cleveland Browns, and uh, but we've got some primetime games mm-hmm. this year out here, which is really rare, and it's not because they had a good season last year, even though they did. Um, but they've just been a featured game on uh, on, on su- even Sunday afternoons, which mm-hmm. has been really interesting. But yeah, we've had some really crummy Thursday night games. If you guys watch the NFL on Sunday night, yeah. Monday night games just haven't been very good matchups. <laughs> I man, I think this might be go around the table. I'm football as well, oh. except I, I, I might throw in. I, I, I may watch postseason baseball. Over football, especially if there's, if, especially if it's a crummy primetime game, I would, I'd switch over to postseason baseball. Something about the energy or March Madness, oh, yeah. basketball. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's I don't good. even know who these teams are, and I'm like cheering for the underdog. Yeah, go St. Bonaventure. Yeah, <laughs> I, make, I make a bracket, and suddenly I'm the biggest fan of <laughs> like, where yeah. is this place at? <laughs> South Tennessee State. Yeah. Well, it's nice yeah. with March Madness; it gets over pretty quickly. I feel like postseason baseball and postseason basketball. It's almost a season in itself. Yeah. It's like. So it true. feels like two months. Yep. Exactly. Well, you think Paul, the author of a good chunk of the New Testament, he threw in, he threw in a lot of athletic metaphors and illustrations and stuff. So I think he was kind of a, I think he was kind of like us. I think he's kind of a, kind of a sports guy. So here's the, um, if you're not familiar with this verse, I'll go ahead and read it. This is the one that the guys have been preaching on for the last, last couple of weeks. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Just truly some beautiful words. Well, right at the heart of this, you know, it, if, you, if you just look for subject action, it's let us run our race. So we are told that the, there is a race that is set before us. Well, let's, let's, let's look at this from a macro level, guys. What, what is the race? That's what we're going to kind of, we're going to deal with today. What is the race and what is my race? So let's start off with, let's start off with the big, big view. What, what is the race? Why is it, why is it called a race? 
people feel like they're in a race in life, right? That for some something about this life feels like you're in a race. It's it's you're beating somebody out, competing in. I don't know why. I, I haven't really thought about why that is necessarily, but it just man, life feels like a race sometimes. A lot of energy, like you're, there's a you're trying mm-hmm. to compete against mm-hmm. people, do better. That's why they call it the rat race, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, a couple of weeks ago, Dave, I used the illustration of the treadmill kind of race. It's it's like you know we come week in and week out, and we do you know our 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 tasks as pastors, and people wake up and they do whatever they do vocationally. Um, and sometimes, man, it feels like you have you've been running all week, and you look around and you're like, have I have I accomplished anything? Have I gone anywhere? You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's. I think that's true probably for a lot of people. So is there is there like a bigger race when Paul wrote this? Is there a bigger race that we are all part of? For sure. I mean, one thing to keep in mind, and I think we've tried to draw people's attention to um, the larger picture that Hebrews 12 uh, is painting here. Obviously, Hebrews 11 uh, precedes Hebrews 12. And we have these wonderful examples of people, not not perfect people. I think we hopefully did a good job of unpacking. These were not perfect individuals, but they were they were running they were running a race faithfully, um, not perfectly, but faithfully. And I think based upon those examples that are given, it spills over into Hebrews chapter twelve, and it says, "Hey, as you guys have considered them, you're in a race now, and it's a it's a similar race. It's not the same, but they they lived." And they attempted to serve their God in the same fallen world that you're in with the same sinful tendencies that you have. Um, and yet they they endured. Not, again, not perfectly, but they were able to run their race well. And it's a charge to us to do the same. I think there's a difference between the race of life and the race of faith. Could you break it down in those categories? Flush it out a little bit. What do you, I mean, what do you mean? Well, that sounds well, I, interesting. I, th- I think the race of life has um uh different standards like like a like a, a win in the race of life is going to look different than a win in the race of faith um that a, a win in the race of life might looks like maybe like that you are you have influence and power and money you have a good reputation or you have satisfaction and pleasure the race of faith is more about obedience and surrender and giving glory to your creator and and what looks like a win is what what a successful race of faith looks like it's not necessarily a, a successful race of life the race of life doesn't get you where you want to go i wonder if you run the race of faith within the greater context of the race of life. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Which I saw. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Jason. well, I was just going to say, even in the race of faith, um, the outcome from an earthly perspective, it can look vastly different as well, right? So go back to Hebrews chapter 11. I mean, there, there are individuals that are shutting the mouths of lions. They are conquering kingdoms. They're doing all these things, running the race of faith, right, as examples. There are others that are stoned, mocked, sewn in, you know, sawn in two or whatever that term is there, um, that are also running the race of faith as well. So I think there's, yeah, it's, it's interesting, th- that breakdown that you're making, Brooks. Hmm. Yeah, when you said that, it, it made me think about the maybe the question underneath the race question of, is it the way God intended that all people 
that he made would be on some kind of race and that maybe the race of faith is the reoriented race where you're running the race that God intended and the rat race or the race that we're tempted to run and the world runs is maybe a, the treadmill race or it's, it's, it's they're doing something that they're supposed to be doing, moving towards some goal on some race, but it's just misdirected. It made me think of uh, Acts 17 when Paul's preaching about uh, that God God made it so that all people would seek after him and reach out after him. And for in him, we all live, move, and have our being. So there's something about the race that gets hijacked in a fallen world and off track, but moving towards something bigger than ourselves isn't necessarily, isn't fallen. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's twisted. And the faith is like, let's reorient and actually move toward in this race, the God who desires that we run after him. The, the, that makes me think of you said there's something in us that that wants to run a race or there's something in us that's pointing to something greater. I think of the the rich young ruler mm-hmm. who he came to Jesus and said, "What else must I do to inherit the kingdom of God?" Right? And he and he had he categorized it. He's like, "I've done all these things since since childhood." Mm-hmm. And he says, "What else must I do?" There is something in him that was missing almost that that this longing he had like I, maybe I'm not running the right race if you put it in those terms maybe I'm not I might be winning in some circumstances but I'm not winning in the circumstances that I want to be winning in it's almost like I'm I'm winning a lot of battles but I'm losing the war yeah yeah maybe What's yeah the, yeah I I love the thought that each of us as we run our race whether you're in a Man, you're just like a cog in a great urban complex, or you live in a small town, you feel kind of irrelevant. Come on. But I love the thought that we are running a race, and it's part of something bigger, mm-hmm. that what we do fits into what God is doing. And I think that that's a biblical thing. I think he, he's doing something much bigger, and what we want to do is align ourselves with, with him, right? Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that Jesus actually, uh, did Jesus ever define his particular race or his mission, telling us why he came? Yes, yeah, he did. And hopefully this isn't uh, too controversial, but I mean, Jesus, before he came in the flesh for Christmas, <laughs> was giving us his his mission in the Old Testament scriptures, uh, the mission of him, himself and the Father and the Spirit. But in his mission on the earth, in our flesh, yeah, I mean, he talks about it and probably from a number of different angles. One is like he came to do the will of his Father, um, to return to the Father, that he might experience the glory that he receives from his Father, but he also came on a mission to deliver us and redeem us from sin and death. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Like all of those things, he came with a clear mission and race that unlike any of us was able to keep <laughs> keep his eyes set on it and move after it doggedly without being sidetracked. If you were to Google a couple words, Adam, I think we'd chase down what you're talking about. Just, just Google, I have come that. And it just all yeah. this stuff starts popping up of, uh, about what Jesus Jesus is really clear. Just yeah. Some of the ones you just said. Yeah. Said, you know, I have I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but do the will of him yeah. who sent me. I mean, he came as the true man, like the second Adam, who this idea of a larger race we're all part of. He came and lived a human life that we were all created to live, or he moves himself toward the Father. And in doing that as a savior, he brings us all back to the Father in the way that we were intended to live. Okay, so if Jesus lived the perfect life, and he had a, he was very clear about what his mission was, his race was here on earth. I mean, is it equally important for us, each one of us, and we run, as we run our race, to have a clear vision for our own race and what we're all about? 
Yeah, I mean, most definitely. I, I was thinking about, I mean, there, there are other places in Scripture where, I mean, Jesus, as his earthly ministry begins, right, he, he happens to be in, you know, the synagogue, and he opens up the text that happens to be the text that day, and he opens it up, and he is, he's here essentially saying what the Messiah is going to be about, mm-hmm. and he lays out, I think it's one of the best examples that we have of Jesus saying, here is my, here's my path that I'm going to be running on. I think it's true for us as well. One of the examples, one of my favorite verses is Acts 20, 24, where Paul talks about the fact that there is there's a race that he's personally striving to run. And he said, he was speaking to the Ephesian elders, and he said, you know, I here, here's here's my aim in life, you guys. This church that he absolutely adored his final time with them. And he said, This is what this is what I'm striving for. I want to run the race that God has prepared for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and his race was to testify to God's grace in lots and lots of ways. So it sounds like, in, in I think we can read Paul's um, Paul's race, his unique race, and say, "Oh, there's something about that." Like for every single one of us, like yeah. we run that race. We are all supposed to testify to God's grace, but it was unique to Paul. That's beautiful. Just when you're talking, Jason, it reminded me of what he, Paul also said. He said, look, I, I, what, I want, what I want to do is I want to preach where the gospel is not known. Yeah. I want to go to the regions beyond, right? And there's nothing wrong with establishing the church and you know, where Christ is known. But his unique race, his unique uh, mission was to go beyond that. Yep. And he, I mean, we know that he understood what his race was because at the end of his life, he says to Timothy, his protege, I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race. Mm-hmm. And I and I I don't know if he means the race of life, the race of faith. I I think what he's saying is he's saying I finished my I finished the lap <laughs> that the Lord mm-hmm. gave me, and I'm handing off the baton to you, young young Timothy, and to believers that are going to come after us. That's so what are we gonna, no? I'm just a, no. That's interesting thought that like a marathon handing off the baton. That's like the it's not necessarily always the same race, but there is a cyclical nature to the Christian life, and you're running it alongside, like the four of us are running it together, and we're going to be handing it off, hopefully, to to others mm-hmm. and to our kids and to our families and to our people in our church who are also going to run that race. Mm-hmm. It's like moving in a direction, but it's also moving like almost in a circle, right? That's just yep. an interesting word picture mm-hmm. there. That's cool. You can't see Adam right now, but he has his arms flailing with making a whole bunch of circles in the air. So, <laughs> as Jason was saying, it just like it, yeah, it clicked in my head. Oh, that's cool. That's really good. So, all right then, what are what are some of the ways that we can discover our own particular race? Then, yeah, I think that's such a deep, important question. I'll give you a few because uh, you know I've mentioned to you guys before, but one of one of the things that I just light up at is seeing people discover what their race is. Um, so a couple of categories that I think people need to, to understand and unpack. First of all, don't want to assume that everyone that's listening to this podcast has a vibrant relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus, that they're actually a Jesus follower. So if you want to differentiate between the race of life and the race of faith, like, like Brooks, you, you had asked us about, those are two completely different paths. Even if you're living the good life and, and you're running a clean race, that's different than running a race of faith in Jesus. Um, and so I would say that's first and foremost, that's what you need to do. And when you begin to follow Jesus, the entire course of your life, the path that you're running on completely changes. Mm. But it's informed by things that um, 
are, are true of you even before you came to know Jesus. So there are gifts in everyone. Um, when you become a follower of Jesus, you're gifted like this, these, these spiritual gifts that come with the Spirit, but also like you have natural gifts and abilities as well that have been gifted to you by your by your parents, your grandparents, your culture, and the conditions that you grew up in. So there's like a gift set. I think there's also equally a passions mix that's in every single one of us to where my heart beats for different things than Brooks's heart beats for. And yeah, it's it's hard sometimes to differentiate, but it's just there's just a difference there, and I think it's good. Um, the other thing that's unique, I think, about discovering your path is our story. You know, we each just we we come out of a different background, um, different context, every single one of us. Um, and I think when you think of gifts, passions, stories, those are things that really do inform, okay, um, this is my unique path. Like Paul figured out what his unique path was. I think those are a few things that come to mind. Yeah, I think even chapter 11 and 12 together illustrate what you just said, Jason. Like there is a, everyone has their individual race that they're running based on their giftings and passions and, and the things the Lord has called them to. And they're all running towards the same direction on a race together. Like chapter 11 gave us a number of different people with different missions, right? Moses, like mm. Brooks, you preached on Moses, had a particular function and mission. Abraham, Dave, you preached on, on Abraham, had his own mission. Abel and Noah and all those guys, Jason had their mission. Rahab, I preached on, had her own mission. They're all running and running the race God's put in front of them with their own purpose. And yet, Hebrews 11 says they were longing, like plural, they were all longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And so they're they're all moving towards the same north, the same race of life, faith toward God, but they're doing it in an individual way, like yep. both at the same time. That's that's cool. I think the what I'm hearing you guys say is if we're taking that and applying it to to today's day and age, right? It's um, we want people to find out to discover their race that God has called them to. Um, and I feel, I just feel like it might be necessary to, to, uh, to clarify. I, I, I think that in our world, um, we can, um, kind of, kind of paint this picture that every single person, um, has a, um, a, I don't know, a g- very grand, special plan that God has for them, like that they right? And um, maybe it's because I'm a millennial and this was like, like drilled into me that like I can do. You're so special. Yeah, I'm, I'm special and I can do anything I want. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a 5'10 white guy. I'm not going to be an NBA player. Like that's like, that's the end of the, like I can't dunk. Like that's the, like it's never going to happen, right? And um, so it's like, there are some things I can't do, um, but there is something that only I can do that God wants me to do. Does that make sense? I, 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 there's, it doesn't mean everything is open to you, but there is something that God wants you to do. And that might be as simple as um, being a, a, a loving, caring parent and, and uh, to your kids, right? And how can you, how can you be a faithful, loving parent to your children? Or it might be, be a CEO for the glory of God. And, and, and yeah. there, there, or, go be a missionary to a foreign land. It could be a variety of different things. It might not be. Um, and that's why I love, I love Hebrews 11 because what it kind of breaks it down. And there are people in Hebrews 11 that we would say, man, they did an amazing thing for the Lord. And there's other people in Hebrews 11 that they got sodden too. <laughs> and it was, uh, but they both ran the race of faith and they both succeeded. Uh, just, man, I keep thinking over and over again, the worldly standards 
for what success in in faith looks like. It, it does not does not always line up with the biblical standards. The worldly standards of success versus the biblical standards of success are very different. So if you have faith, you have faith in a good God, a sovereign God, then wherever you are, you believe that he has something for you to do. That you're not there and, he, and he's like going, oh my gosh. Like in my case, like, oh, Dawson's in Kennewick. Wow, how do, how do we get him out? Got to put him where, so put him put him somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, he yeah, he could well do that. But the fact is, if no matter where you're at, if you believe in a sovereign God, you believe that he has, he has a vital thing for you to do. So rather than just sitting around bemoaning, you know, your life mm-hmm. or whatever, but to go for, to, to take steps toward living like Jesus did, whether it's at work, or it should be all, all right, at work, at home, at play, whatever you happen to do. And I think in the process of moving, right, of o- moving in obedience, things begin to pop, begin to open for you. Because I think the Lord begins to reward that faith, saying, you have to take that step. I'm going to show you the great things I can do through you. And by the way, and that is great as he defines it, right? It doesn't mean we're all going to be like Moses, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, you know, a great thing can be, you know, an awesome patience in great suffering, Mm -hmm. which is of high value to the Lord. Well, it seems like the, the way the kingdom of God is advanced is through ordinary people doing ordinary things, serving an extraordinary God. I mean, wow. that's that's just, that's how it happens. And what's difficult in the day and age in which we live is people want to be known. They want to be famous. I remember asking one of my kids a couple of years ago, what do you want to grow up and be? And they said, I want to grow up and be famous. And I was like, famous for what? And they're watching like YouTube stars that are famous for like ridiculousness, you know? And I was like, but famous, like famous for what? And they're like, I don't know. I just want to, I just want to be known. I want to be famous. I want to have subscribers on this. And it's it's crazy. I think we, uh, I would, American culture is of the mindset that we want to be famous. We want to be the main character. And that's not, hmm. that's not the role that we play in the plot of scripture. We are like, we are sub characters. We are supporting actors. We are these footnotes in the grand story. That's subpar sub-characters too. Subpar <laughs> sub-characters. And um, we, we were joking the other day as a team about Top Gun, which is the greatest movie of all time. And some some people on our team, I'm not going to say who, Adam and Brooks, but they had, they did not agree. And um, But if you think about the movie, those of you that are familiar with Top Gun, Maverick's the main character. And when that movie came out, man, all these people, if you were around, they were rushing to sign up to, to be a naval aviator like Maverick, you know? Um, no one's signing up to be Goose, who is this, the supporting guy. He's the navigator that's in the back, the guy that, spoiler alert, that dies in the movie here. Oh, what? But the reason that Goose and the reason that Hollywood and the reason that Iceman and all these other characters are in this movie is they're revealing things about Maverick. Maverick's the main character. The whole movie is about his character, his reputation, his development. And the story of life is about God. Uh It's not about us. And we are here when good things happen to us and not so good things happen to us so that it would tell the world something about the main character. Mm -hmm. My drop, Jason. Yeah, that's (laughs) good. good. You think about... Yeah, we've talked about this before, but remember the old lady that just dropped two coins in the box mm-hmm. and Jesus said, hey, look, you guys, that woman has given more than anybody else. Yeah. I mean, that that was part of her journey. That was part of her race, if you want to call it. And the Lord put great, great value on that. 
right? Something that nobody else saw. I mean, I, I can't imagine anybody even noticed that woman, but the Lord noticed her. And now, she, she, now she's in the Bible. She's famous. We don't yeah. know her name, but. And yeah. I just think that to discover this, like, like kind of what you were saying, Jason, discover your passion, discover is life changing. It's mm-hmm. game changing. And to impress upon people that it, it, it might not be maverick. It might be goose, mm-hmm. right? And if to to continue that and that and that analogy, there is there is a lady. I was um, I, I grew up in Nicaragua and uh, for five years, um, my parents were were missionaries down there, and we'd visit this lady who lived in the dump, and um, you know she kind of lived on the outskirts of the dump. It's just this terrible place to be. Um, just I mean, if you can imagine what living in a dump is like, you're you're probably hitting the mark. But so she lived on the outskirts of the dump, but she probably could have. You know, probably could have moved away. She had connections with some missionaries and things like that, and she could could have probably taken some steps up in her life, uh, but she didn't. She stayed there and she ministered to the kids in the dump, and she would sell cokes out of her house, and kids would come and buy buy a little coke, mm-hmm. and she'd minister to those kids. Um, and uh, it was it was just this. I mean, for years, like her whole life, it was ministering faithfully to. The, the people that were pretty much living in the in the dump, and um, she probably could have gotten, like I said, could have moved on, but she didn't, uh, and, yeah. she, and she 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 passed away a, f- a few years ago. But she had a great legacy there, just ministering to kids through selling yeah. bottles of Coke, and that's how all these people got into Hebrews eleven. Like the Hall of Faith is a bunch of people who are willing to be the the sub character in a larger story of Jesus. I was listening. I won't I won't mention who this was on on TV last night, but it was a quarterback from the Northwest talking, doing an interview afterwards, talking about how, like, how do you do it every week? Well, I have a Hall of Fame mindset every day, every like Hall of Fame hours, Hall of Fame minutes. I eat breakfast like a Hall of Famer. And I was just listening to that, like, man, I, like we only live here for a short amount of time and none of us are going to be in the Hall of Fame. And even if you are, like, who cares? Like at the end of the day, it's like, you have like the Hall of Faith, or you have like you're describing this Hall of Fame mentality where everyone wants to be Maverick, everyone wants mm-hmm. to be this great memorable person who lives on into history until they're forgotten. Mm-hmm. And the race is just not about that. And I think that's one of the compelling things about Christianity is like you get to have a purpose. And whether it's awesome in the eyes of the world or it's not, like it still matters and you're mm-hmm. still in partnership with God and you're actually heading somewhere mm-hmm. um, outside of a relationship with Jesus, whatever your purpose is, like you might be fulfilled for a moment or you might never find fulfillment in it, but you're not heading anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's purposeless. You know, you might feel like you have a purpose, but really from the eternal perspective, you don't. Thanks for joining us this week. Listen in next week as we continue to encourage each other to practically follow Jesus through the application of gospel truth. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we'd love to continue to dive into God's Word with you. We'd also love to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed week.